0: We cannot seem to be able to build a capability of establishing lasting peace. I would definitely
1: try to address the bravery and the courage of all Afghan women that they are currently in Afghanistan. And to finally understand that not only terrorism, but also counter-terrorism may have produced the monster that we are facing today. I
2: understand they have uh, women, uh, female judges before Egypt have uh, female judges. I'm speaking out 15 years ago.
3: The situation in Afghanistan has deteriorated from a human rights perspective. um, The U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum has put out statements of fear of mass atrocity crimes against the Hazara, uh, a Muslim minority community there. Um, There are, as we said, uh, many female journalists that are fleeing the country trying to get out. It truly is um, a difficult situation. And the Taliban does not have a history of respecting human rights. And they've been responsible for attacking uh, schools, universities and civilian targets quite for some time, so it's a a deeply troubling situation. And we're here today to try to find out what can be done, what are the levers that the international community, particularly parliamentarians, can do to ensure um, that that we're doing all we can to prevent uh, mass atrocity crimes in Afghanistan. So I thank you for joining us.
1: While we may not be able to erase the trauma witnessed by young boys and girls of the horrific atrocities in Afghanistan, we can and must band together to pool resources, extend and expand our networks on how we can come together to pressure and remind the global community on their obligation to protect, defend and promote human rights, particularly in this case in Afghanistan. The time is ripe to go back to the drawing board, to critically review all the counterproductive, ineffective and legally questionable practices of the so-called global war on terror, and to finally understand that not only terrorism, but also counterterrorism may have produced the monster that we are facing today, namely a new Taliban regime that may restart to perpetuate widespread and systematic crimes against humanity, against its own people.
0: It is my firm belief that parliamentarians, senators, and and MPs, uh, that there is a dynamic role, a dynamic presence that can be established by, in fact, uh, members of parliament, of the various parliamentary structures, to be able to influence uh, the situation in their country and beyond uh, through a coalition throughout the parliamentary process of those like-minded individuals that we find in regards to helping establish peace and sustain peace. And so the Afghan current scenario and its debacle is another example uh, of our stabilization and security agendas that have found themselves stumbling through an attempt to establish lasting peace. And this is the crisis that we find ourselves in, is that we cannot seem to be able to build a capability of establishing lasting peace, let alone understand the complexity and ambiguity that comes with some of the mandates that the country's established in regards to its intervention and its support, but also trying to apply the power that, in fact, parliamentarians could in influencing their government's mandates and their government's engagement. We have the duty to coalesce our, our inputs and to use the power base that the people have elected us to do to, in fact, implement that. And that means influencing directly our system of governance and bringing pressure where required to ensure that the mandates and that the sustaining of those mandates is there to achieve lasting peace.
3: To prevent further outrages, up to and including the genocide now underway in several parts of Afghanistan, and I think we can use that term, even though uh, it hasn't been fully documented, look at the images and firsthand accounts we're seeing from Hazarajat, from Panjshir, from Kandahar, where uh, thousands of people are being removed from their homes, where summary executions are, are now well documented, we need to be serious about ending this 50 year conflict if we want to see an end to the atrocities. For five decades, with the exception of the 1979 to 88 period, the principal cause of violence in Afghanistan has been Pakistan's long, irregular war aimed at controlling government in Kabul. To make a very long story short, U.S. policy failed to end Pakistan's war over these past 20 years. The 9-11 attacks were planned in Karachi, Pakistan, by Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, a Pakistani national who was a known ISI operative. They resulted, those attacks on 9-11, in nearly 3,000 deaths, U.N. authorization of the U.S. right to self-defense, Operation Enduring Freedom, which ended formally in 2014, uh, and the invocation of NATO's Article 5, by which an attack on any ally is considered an attack on all. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was duly captured in Rawalpindi in 2003. Osama bin Laden was killed in Abbottabad, Pakistan, in 2011. But Al-Qaeda, the Taliban, the Haqqani Network, Tariqi Taliban, Pakistan, the Islamic State in Khorasan all remain robust terror groups sponsored by Pakistan, with Afghanistan now under their presumptive control. My honorable colleague from Canada has just been
4: saying it. I think I would uh, try to ignore as much of it as I can. In fact, in my view, that's precisely the kind of uh, uh, thinking that uh, we should, at this very moment, uh, in the more sh- immediate or short term, uh, be avoiding and moving on uh, uh, to a uh, time when we actually look at the situation on the ground uh, as it exists in Afghanistan in general and Kabul in particular. We do have a government that uh, took over uh, fairly swiftly. Um, uh, (laughs) I would not necessarily say with uh, the help of ISI, as my colleague has been saying, but nevertheless, they did. Uh, There was a failure of uh, not just a military failure, but failure to formulate a proper uh, uh, succession system uh, that the US was negotiating uh, in Doha. They seem to be, uh, have been a hurry to wind it up uh, for various reasons, including uh, domestic reasons. As I said, Afghanistan is in dire need of economic uh, support. Now it all depends, it uh, it, it has to be negotiated in such a way uh, that it is actually the people of Afghanistan rather than necessarily the government of Afghanistan, which is the recipient of that aid, Or or some of the less involved uh, uh, countries could uh, play a big role Um, um, uh, maybe Scandinavia, maybe uh, 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 some other countries that can sit down uh, with the the UN, with the government, and make out an entire uh, plan of how this aid can be provided to the people. Is that going to be the solution uh, that uh, we are looking at? I I would strongly uh, urge the world to have a, a different look at the way this whole thing is happening
5: we want to prevent further violations of human rights, including crimes against humanity, against minorities, women, girls, boys who are enslaved, and many other things that can happen to any minority. And one of them that has not been mentioned are the um, those that may be characterized by uh, sexual orientation or gender identity. What will happen to those Uh, communities in Afghanistan. So there is an enormous problem to be addressed, and we have the duty, as uh, uh, General Dallaire reminded us, the the duty to take action and and try to protect as much as we can our brothers and sisters. It's really, in my view, a big failure of our uh, very supported, and we we fully support its mandate of the International Criminal Court, of not having taken action in these 17 years in, in which it could have initiated investigations and cases on specific instances of mass atrocities. We could have had in Doha, the Dayton effect. You remember in Dayton, Mr. Mladic and Mr. Karadzic, the heads of the Republika Serbska, Genosider, then convicted by the International Tribunal for Yugoslavia, could not sit at the negotiating table. They would have blocked the negotiations, but they couldn't, could have not because they were indicted war criminals. This didn't happen for Afghanistan. And probably in Doha, we have paid the ultimate price as the negotiators were the same people who might have committed crimes against them.
2: After that, we realize that this is the culture and the tradition it has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with Sharia. Sharia has been hijacked. And I witnessed that already. And I've been working for the past maybe 20 years on Islamic law Sharia and the way it's been hijacked. Yes, it's been hijacked and the ideology and I uh, I totally agree with uh, my, um, again, senior colleague here, uh, Chris Alexander. So this is here, again, the, the thought reform, the brainwashing. So the education was based on this uh, distorted uh, Sharia uh, teaching. The only thing is we didn't find a, a counter narrative. So the narrative of Taliban was very strong. It means that, yes, Afghanistan, uh, Kabul, uh, sorry, Taliban, they managed to find that the weak point is the judiciary. The weak point is the corruption. So they started to play the game that, yes, if we have a justice based on the uh, tradition and we have also the tribes and the elders being in the justice uh, system, we'll have more trust. But Islam, again, was hijacked. The teaching of Islam was uh, was hijacked. I myself witnessed this in 2003, 2004, 2005. For me, no, this is not the Sharia law. This is the Taliban understanding and delusional understanding of Sharia, don't be afraid you Western if you want take sing, but for me, I have a message for the Muslim community in the world, we have to try these people based on Islamic law principles, based on the thing or, or the principle which they uh, managed to uh, convince uh, the young generation uh, Afghanistan, that this is the right uh, Islam. Afghanistan, they have uh, women, uh, female judges before Egypt have female judges. I'm speaking out 15 years ago. What happened in the Constitution? Yes, the civil war. And before, again, we have the Soviet Union uh, uh, invasion. And then the civil war destroyed everything. So the young generation, they go up and they found only ideology, which is the Taliban ideology. So this is here, again, the third reform, the brainwashing. So the education was based on this uh, distorted uh, sharia uh, teaching
6: before starting the discussion i would definitely try to address the bravery and the courage of all afghan women that they are currently in afghanistan and they are trying to protest and despite knowing that the next bullet could be aimed to them directly they still go out they still protest they are fighting for their rights and they're fighting for what what is called basic human rights here that we are fighting for it across the world. Afghan women are struggling for for basic human rights right now, for right to go to school, for right to work, for right to contribute in the society. At the UN General Assembly in 2019, I told members that the gains made so far in Afghanistan had largely been an outcome of the peace building agenda. However, that being said, when Afghan women asserted themselves to preserve those very gains, the liberal peace-building agenda lost steam. The international community too often questioned the legitimacy and representativeness of women in civil society perspectives while offering de facto legitimacy to the Taliban, something we saw consistently happening, especially from 2018 till where we are now. There should be an international investigation, a fact-finding mission of alleged violations since the Taliban took over on August 15th, particularly those on the rights of women, girls, journalists, and minority groups. Two, the international community should create a mechanism that can monitor and document the rights, human rights uh, situation in Afghanistan, including in particular the Taliban's implementation or lack thereof of its promises. And a focus should be placed on prevention. Any future decisions on recognizing the Taliban government or removal of sanctions um, Many of whom, uh, uh, many of whom, in terms of the Taliban leadership that are currently within the interim government, are on those sanctions lists, unfreezing of, of assets. And while aid itself is being sent to Afghanistan through international aid organizations like the World Bank, United Nations, and other, um, and the World Food Program, sending aid to the Afghan government, if that were to take place. Should 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 only be done if the international community recognizes that the Taliban have made significant strides in upholding um, the rights uh, of citizens across all boards, and whether they feel that they have put in place the transparency and the accountability and the accountability measures required uh, for. Um, uh, for a country uh, to be able to meet the needs of its people.